Hello, welcome to The Equipped Man. I am your host, Luke Wance. Today, I want to talk to you about Gideon and doubt. I know oftentimes we think of Gideon as this great military leader, and we usually don't think of doubt when we think of him, but I want to talk about it. I've been looking, I've been reading. Like I said, this is going to be a journey as much for my learning and exploration as much as it is for yours, because that's what I want to get at. I want to get at these men of the Bible. They were real men. They had real problems. They had real issues going on. And so what did they do about it? How did they get through it? I mean, I know we read a lot in the Bible that an angel of the Lord came and spoke to them. An angel appeared before them. You know, they, they heard the big voice. We don't, we don't hear that. We don't see those visions as much as, as they reported in the Bible. I know there's more people nowadays. I know it's crazy. I know people are distracted. But again, it's what did they do? What were they like? And, and how can we, especially we as men, step forward and and embrace what God is calling us to do. I'm going to just jump in. This might seem kind of messy at first, but this is this is my process. This is what I go through. This is how I learn and and again like I said, this is a journey as much for me and I I'm really hoping and excited for you guys to come on with me. So we start our story in Judges, Judges chapter 6, uh verse 11 I believe it is or 12. You know, the angel of the Lord comes, speaks to Gideon, and it's like, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. It's like, oh, sweet, that's awesome. But then you sit there and you think, he was he was hiding. You know, the, the land of Israel was, was occupied at the time, and, and here's Gideon, he's hiding in a wine press, threshing wheat. So he doesn't get seen, so the wheat doesn't get taken. I mean, cool, he's providing for his family, he's getting grain. But he's doing it like I think it said that he's doing it at night or um, but again, it's he's doing it. He's he's hiding. He's hiding while he's doing it. You know, so he's he's sitting there and fearful. And all of a sudden here comes an angel and says, calls him mighty warrior. It's like it feels contradictory, you know, and I know there have been times myself, a lot of us men, we've been looked at as, you know, you're strong, you're mighty. And it's like, we don't feel like it because at times we feel like we're barely getting by. We feel like we're just, you know, we're just struggling, just surviving, you know. So how, how, are, how can we be seen like that? The angel goes on to say, you know, you're going to save Israel. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm from the least tribe and I'm the least of my family. You know, he's like the weakest tribe, the weakest member of my family. How am I going to do anything? So he says, okay, if you're an angel of the Lord and this is what God said, I want you to prove it. You know, again, he's got that doubt. He's like, really, I'm, I'm this little guy. I'm a nobody. How can I do this? So he says, I'm going to bring an offering to you. And if, you're, if this is right, I want you to burn up the offering. So he did, made bread without yeast, you know, put it in a basket, cooked it all. Offered it to the Lord, showed it to the angel, and sure enough, the angel burned it up, consumed it completely with fire, and Gideon was like, all right, that's true. And a lot of times in the Bible, you see, it's like, oh, that's it, you know, you got your sign, run off, you know, it's it's like many times these days, you get a, you get a, you get a healing, you get a sign from God, you get prayer, and all of a sudden, so many people are like, okay, it's time to go. I've, I've received my word. I received my sign. 
you know, other people will look at you and say, but they prayed for you. You know, you, you, you got healed. So therefore that's proof. Sometimes for some guys it's not. And for Gideon, it wasn't either. So again, the angel said, yes, I did this for you. Now here's what I need you to do. I need you to go down and tear down the altars to the idols that are in your hometown. And again, Gideon is afraid. Instead of doing it at the day, he does it in the middle of the night when everybody's sleeping. So people wake up and their altars and their poles are all trashed and torn down. And everybody's trying to figure out who did it. And they finally find out it's Gideon. And they're like, all right, let's take him, bring him on out. We're going to beat him. We're going to kill him. His father stands up for him. And the townspeople, they basically say, let, let Baal contend with him. You know, let, let the God of us, let, let our God, let our idol God uh, take care of this for us. And, and so they kind of tried to, so they gave him a new name, Jerub Baal, which means let Baal contend with him. Because again, Gideon's father came out and said, don't hurt him. We're supposed to be listening to, you know, we're supposed to be listening to God, not these, not these idols. And so basically the people wrote him off. Again, he's from the least tribe. He's the least of his family. So again, God is saying to him, this is what I want you to do. I want you to save Israel. So again, Gideon is filled with doubt. Gideon says, God, if this is really you, I'm going to put this fleece out here on the floor. When I wake up in the morning, if the ground is dry, but the fleece is wet, has dew on it, then I know it's you. Sure enough, the next morning he wakes up, the ground is dry, the fleece is, is wet. He wrings it out. Cool. And again, Gideon is filled with doubt. So the next night he says, God, thanks for showing me that. But now just so I can really make sure that it's you, what I want is I want you, when the dew comes, I want dew to be on the ground, but I want the fleece to be dry. So sure enough, he goes to bed. The next day he wakes up, there's dew on the ground, but the fleece was dry. And so then, then he was convinced. So we're looking at, let's see, the offering, the two fleeces, and the fact that this town people didn't kill him as proof that God actually knew what he was talking about. He's being called this mighty warrior, but yet he's being filled with doubt. So what does he do with it? Yes, he sits there and says, God, I need a sign. No, God, I really need a sign. Okay, God, I, I, I need a third sign. I really need to know that this is you. But then he did it. Then he went and did what God had called him to do. And so that's not a bad thing you know it's he never said god's lying he never fully doubted it's just he wanted proof because at this moment in time the israelites are being oppressed you know their land is occupied there's there's enemy forces all around that will do whatever they want so in a way it's kind of understandable if i were to talk to one of you and say hey you're gonna go to you're going to go up to Washington, D.C., and you are going to free all the people. You're going to free all the Christians, and, and we can live on our own. You know, it's it sounds kind of weird. It sounds, you know, but again, if God calls you to do that, then that's what God calls you to do, and he's going to make a way happen. But in a way, it does give you a chance to have that check in your spirit of, is this really God? Is this God saying this? Is this just my imagination? Is the enemy talking to me? Because again, I have those feelings. I have those questions about myself of, God, are you really calling me to do this? Or is this just, I think it would be fun? Or is this, you know, 
some something else saying, hey, you should do this, or hey, you should try this, or hey, you should think that. You know, it's it's a crazy world out there. And that's why when these questions of doubt come, when these these questions of this is what you should do, this is who you should be, this is when you need that strong prayer life. This is when you need to start seeking after the Holy Spirit and you know, going to the feet of Jesus and saying, Yes, I'm I'm hearing this. Is this you? Gideon laid out these fleeces. You know, it's it's in the Christian community that's become a term. You know, you're laying out fleeces, you're asking for proof. And it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to request confirmation. What's bad is when you start basically saying God's a liar. You know, or if you start ignoring what God has been calling you to do, you know, God never says in, in all of Judges 6 and Judges 7, when, when Gideon goes off to, to be the warrior and leader that he's meant to be, never does it say, never does the Bible say that God was angry with him or the ang- angel was angry with him. God knows our hearts. God knows that we, especially men, we have doubt. We have questions. God is not going to punish us for having questions. God will punish us for disobedience, but questions and doubt, that's not a bad thing. To a degree, we should have some doubt in our lives when we do things, you know, until we make the decision. You know, once you make the decision, you've made the decision, and then you go on. You can be fully committed. But up until that point, there's nothing wrong with questioning. There's nothing wrong with examining the different angles of a, a problem that you're conquering or a, a path that you're going to take. You know, when you're when you're looking for a new job, you're you're going to examine what is the new job offer. What is the what is what do I need from this new job? What do I need for my family? What do I need for for myself? You know, is, is this a good, is this a good decision? Is this company good for what I want to accomplish in my life? You know, and, and even when you do get that job offer or that interview, it's like, God, is this the way you want me to go? Those questions are not a bad thing. It's okay for us to do that. What's not okay is when we get into that we're so full of doubt and we're so full of questions that we have that we get paralyzed by analysis. Uh, sometimes they call it analysis paralysis, where we get so fixated on the what if and the what about that we literally just stop and we can't make a decision. Once you make that decision, be committed to that decision and stick with it. There's another part in the Bible where it talks about somebody that had a lot of doubt. And, I mean, to the point where his nickname is Doubting Thomas. I mean, his, his name is Thomas. He was one of the twelve. He was, he was a disciple of Jesus. He was one of the apostles. So he had been around for three years. He had been in the garden praying. He had been at the Last Supper. He had seen the miracles. He was on the boat when... Peter walked on water with Jesus when Jesus was sleeping during the storm. So he knows, he knows what Jesus is about. He knows what God can do. 
But he still, he had questions because he wasn't in the upper room when Jesus, so that would have been Easter Sunday, when Jesus came and when he came back and said, I'm still alive. You know, he basically said, you know, Thomas said, until I can touch him, until I can see the scars, until I can put my hand in his side, I'm not going to believe it. And Jesus, a week later, Jesus comes back. Thomas is there. Jesus looks at him and says, go ahead, touch it, feel it, see that it's real, see that I'm real. And Thomas did, and he, he believed, you know, and Jesus told him, this is John 20, uh, verse 29. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. So again, it's not a bad thing. Jesus doesn't say, oh, you unbelieving idiot. How dare you not believe your friends? How dare you not believe that I would come back like I said I would? You know, he said, because you've seen me, you believed. You know, again, I, I don't read any, any sort of admonishment. I don't hear any kind of, you know, criticism of that. Thomas saw and he believed. Yes, I know a lot of us would be like, oh, no, there's no way. You know, if I was, if I was there, if I was there, I would have believed without a heartbeat. You know, it's, it's kind of like those people like, oh, no, if I was there, I would have spoken up and I would have wrestled to, to take Jesus down off the cross. It's like, would you really? Would you? You know, so, so again, it's if we had been following Jesus for three years, and we, we loved what we saw and everything, would we be able to believe right away without seeing anything that, yes, he had died and he was resurrected? Would we? Could we? Is our faith that strong? I got to be honest. I don't, I don't know how I would answer that. I don't know because I... I I can look back. I can look back in the Bible and say, yes, I, I fully believe all these things in the Bible. You know, yes, the, the same spirit that raised Lazarus from the dead, the same spirit that, that rose Christ from the dead. Yes, that lives in me. You know, the, the same spirit that Jesus spoke out and said, you know, yelled, basically spoke to the storm and said, peace be still. I know from my Bible, from my prayers, I have that same power in me that I can speak that out. But if I was in that moment, I don't know how I would react. I don't know if I could have believed without seeing. Could you? I mean, in a way, we'll never know. That's one of those things that, that we can sit and pray about. You know, dear God, give me that heart that I can believe without seeing. That I can, I can believe without, almost like without reading what's in the Bible where we can work on that relationship. And that's my prayer. Not only that we would believe without seeing, but that the doubt inside of us will get eased, will get lessened. I, I know it's not going to completely get eliminated because again, like I said, we need that doubt. We need that question. We need to make sure that we're on the right path, that we're checking our own hearts you know, again, to make sure, is this good for us? Is this good for our families, our kids, our spouse? 
you know, is this, is this job going to be a good decision? You know, some jobs we go into that can hurt our spirit. So it's good to have those questions. It's good to have that check in our spirits and in our guts. You know, again, it's that discernment that the Holy Spirit brings. But again, I pray that, that our doubt gets lessened, that our doubt gets more focused so that when we, that when we make that decision, we stick to it. We're, we're hard-nosed about that decision, that we can put our hands to the plow and we don't turn back because we know that we've prayed and we've analyzed and we've gone forward. All right, guys, thanks for joining me this week. Stay fit, be well.